This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Warning, the following programme contains very strong language, adult humour and stories which may not be appropriate to younger listeners throughout. The opinions expressed in this programme are those of the individuals and not those of Mansfield Matters or any of the organisations connected to the Mansfield Matters branded projects. The season may well be long dead and buried by now with the World Cup just around the corner, but it doesn't mean that the Mansfield Matters podcast crew are going to go away. Sorry. Uh, We're here week in, week out, taking a trip down memory lane, all raising money for the Alzheimer's Society. All the links are in the description if you want to donate. Today, as you may well be able to see, we're not in the fabulous Capo Lounge in Mansfield because we've taken a day trip. Uh, Nathan's dad, Mick, has uh, brought us out on the road. He's uh, over in the background. Say hello, Mick. Hiya. There you go. You can hear Mick in the background. Uh, And we've made it to sunny Sheffield and delighted uh, and very thankful to be welcomed into the lovely home uh, of uh, Mickey Bolding, Stag's legend, of course. And Bobby Hassel said to us on the last episode, just look out for the biggest house in Sheffield. And uh, Nathan and Simon, he wasn't wrong, was he? No, no not at all. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Obviously, uh, Mickey had two spells with the club. I think me and Nathan probably remember the sort of 2006 to 2008 sort of era a little yeah. bit more. Simon, you'll remember a bit more than that. I don't know. Uh, you, don't, you don't know about <laughs> I don't know. I question it some weeks. Yeah. What do you remember then about today's guest? Oh, um... I remember him being... Be, be kind. <laughs> we already had <laughs> <on Saturday>. yeah. <laughs> If I remember, you were quite quick off at Mark, to be honest. Um, when, good finisher of a football as well. He knew where the net was anyway, let's put it that way, which for Mansfield, they're few and far between. So, but yeah, so yeah, I just remember him being quick and a good goal scorer. And Nate, this one's one of uh, your picks, of course. Yep. Um, you have obviously uh, liaised with Mickey in, in the past over various charity events. Tell us why you wanted uh, to, to make the day's trip down here then to, to Sheffield. Well, the, the point of doing this series is to uh, go back into the memories, you know, the greatest memories of uh, you know of the club, and I'd, I'd put Mickey up there. 
uh, absolutely he's a legend and um, he's been at the club twice played a lot of games for us and uh, and he was there like I say for myself I think I obviously remember more of the uh, the 2000s you know times um, and it's, it's it's strange because he was part of a squad which eventually you know we did get relegated but you look at the the talent that was in that squad and you sometimes wonder how that actually happened because we had some some top players there with Mickey included and um you know, that's why I just want to sort of, you know, it'd be great to relive those those times. Yeah, and that's certainly something we're going to do over the next hour or so here on the trip down memory lane. If you're enjoying what you're watching, uh, whether you're watching it tonight, this morning, whenever you're watching it or whether you're listening to it on iTunes, make sure you hit that donate button. All the links and all the details that you need are in the description. Really need your support on this for a fantastic charity. More on that later on when me and Nathan pop round to Kevin and Sue Bird's house. Uh, but Mickey, thank you very much for welcoming us into yeah, your thank you. fantastic Thanks for coming home. over. It's, it's, it's great to get out of Mansfield, really, and uh, come and see some, something else. And Nathan mentioned the, the relegation season. Well, let's go back to the very, very start. How did your journey with Mansfield Town begin? Well, it, I mean, Mansfield, for me, was the club that gave me my chance in football. Um, you know, and it was through Ivan and Billy Dearden. You know, otherwise, you know, I might not have had uh, a career at all in, you know, in the game. They gave me my chance and I think, you know, I always look at Mansfield and they, they produce, you know, so many players. Like I think if they, you know, if they could actually hang on to the players that they produce, you know, they'd be, they'd be sat in the championship probably. Um, but yeah, so I, it was Ivan, Ivan, uh, I was training with uh, Doncaster Rovers and uh, Ivan invited me over to play a game, uh, played half a game at Hucknall, um, and <laughs> when 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 Ivan had got me over, he'd got me over as the left winger. So he he got me over as left wingers. He said we need we need left wingers, and so I turned up at Hucknall, and they said uh, you're a left winger. I said no, I'm a centre forward. And I can remember Ivan looking at me because he'd obviously invited me over, and he was like, and I was like no, I'm definitely a centre forward. And so they went right, okay, we'll give you 45 minutes up front. Uh, played 45 minutes, managed to get a goal, um, then got invited in to, to train a couple of games and then we played uh, workshop uh, with the first team um, and got 45 minutes there and then Billy offered me a contract the next next morning. So do you ever think it might have been different if they'd have said to you, no, well Ivan said you're a left winger so we're sticking you on the left wing? Yeah, or I nothing? mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're in the lap of the gods and... You know, football, you know, one you one manager might love you and the next manager, you know, can't stand the sight of you. So, um, you know, you, you do need that bit of luck. Um, and luckily, you know, I had the right right people there at the right time. To be fair, though, you had one hell of a backup plan. You were quite handy with a racket at one time, weren't you? Well, I, I actually still had my world ranking at the time. I didn't tell anybody, uh, any, well, anyone in the tennis fraternity. And so it was like halfway through the season, I think I... Um, the f first goal I scored against Shrewsbury and then suddenly I got a barrage of calls from all the tennis players saying uh, what's, what's happened <laughs> <laughs> um, so but I was just I mean to, you know to play uh, professional uh, sport is fantastic play professional football you know it's always like a dream for me and I you know I used to pinch myself you know thinking I can't believe somebody wants actually pay me to do to do this uh, so I always 
you know, I always took one season at a time and just thought however long it lasts, you know, I'll just, I'll just enjoy it. Um, um, and it was, it was brilliant. And yeah, Mansfield was the, was the uh, catalyst for, so for the it career. Yeah. kind of was the start and the finish, although you went on to Bradford after, you sec- after your second spell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously a bit of a spell with Barnsley and Derby. Yeah. What are you saying, it was the finish at Mansfield? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do a team but yeah, there was an opportunity yeah. to come back for a third time, wasn't there? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, well, I, I came back and trained. So I'd, ju- I'd just come in to train um, and then, I, yeah, ended up playing in a uh, reserve, um, reserve game, a pre-season game uh, against Sheffield United. And then played against Barnsley, um, and then got a call from uh, Barnsley manager at the time, who then said, well, "We want to sign you." And they they're obviously, you know, sat in the championship, and you know, I just thought, you know, it's the last roll of the dice. And we to, were conference yeah. at the time. Yeah, we? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it was, oh, there was obviously, a, you know, a massive gap, and I thought, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, last last roll of the dice, really. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure we'd have loved to see him come back. I remember that game. Yeah. I don't know if either you two remember that. I do. I remember that. I remember that. We was at that game, wasn't we? Me and my dad. And uh, I remember there was a lot of excitement. The fact that we had, uh, you know, that he was there. Wasn't Rory there as well? Yeah, yeah, time, yeah, so. yeah. A lot of excitement because there was uh, rumours before the games about who these trialists were going to be. And then obviously, once you get there, obviously he was recognisable. The fact yeah, that yeah. you know he'd been in the club. So there's a lot of excitement about you know the fact that both you could have been returning for, yeah. for the conference days, really. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a little mention of Rory, of course. You were obviously at the club with, with him in 2006 or 2008 and came back for that little trial. Mm. And he's still quite working quite closely with him as well. Yeah, well, well he, he, actually, he actually lives here as well. So Rory he might, does live yeah, here? He might, he might actually just walk in any minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that would yeah, be, that yeah. be so funny. That's yeah. bad, though. I like, I like how your dad, now, <laughs> yeah. your dad, Nate, is now looking out the window looking at him. Yeah, 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 so yeah, we um, like Rory obviously went and uh, played for Ac- Accrington, and well, he went he went to Bradford with me, and then uh, Accrington, and then he went off up to Scotland for a few years. Um, you know, I got up there and watched quite a few of the games, and that so there was some, you know, he had some, uh, you know, he had some pretty big games. I can remember him playing against uh, Celtic for Dundee in the semi-final of the. Uh, Scottish Cup at Hampden Park, uh, packed Hampden Park was, you know, was uh, really proud, you know, to see him uh, up there and that. So yeah, it was good. And then uh, yeah, immense. yeah, it would have been yeah. it would have been electric. Yeah. Have you yeah. pre-warned him that you're doing this today? So he wouldn't he won't just walk in yeah, and be he, like, what's he, going he, up? Why, why, he, why is he like he's, four he's so everywhere? forgetful that he would probably just walk in and. <laughs> Start swearing or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. We started off with Ian Bowling, so that's, yeah. that's fine. Obviously, yeah. this is obviously about a trip down memory lane, so let's go back to that. Obviously, you played with Ian Bowling. Yeah, um, yeah, Bo, yeah. First. What yeah. do you remember of him then? Because he was dishing up some, some dirt on you and some other players. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> and Bobby Hassel was. Bobby Hassel, we'll, yeah. We'll leave that to yeah. Nathan for later I, on the um, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, you know, probably, uh, memory's probably a bit... Uh, bit short on, you know, back back then. But I mean, Bo, he was always, you know, his life and soul, uh, you know, in the in the dress room and that he, you know, he had, uh, he always had plenty to say for himself. Um, <laughs> Can uh, imagine that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just, all, all the stories I've got are definitely not repeatable on camera. So. <laughs> well, to, be, to, be, to be fair, um, 
Ian Bowling's episode, we did put a warning out before it. Really? It's gone down yeah. very well. Yeah. So please, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put over that. So, yeah. so, yeah. so, so I'll, I'll leave that to Bo. Can, can we? Can we please just have one yeah. little I'm, one? I'm, I'm trying to think of. Uh, so I mean, it, there's, there's there's a lot these of people literally screaming yeah. at the screens now, saying, yeah. "Craig, you've got to ask the questions." So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was, the, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of, like a lot of stories, um, but I, I really can't. Mm. Don't think I can. <laughs> Repeat. I mean, Gary Talon. Most of them are about yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, if there's, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't repeat. <laughs> we'll push him again on that later, boys. Yeah, I can. I can remember. Um, I can remember one. We had a Christmas do. Uh, I can remember Mark. Mark Blake, um, and like everyone things, and he'd he'd ended up. Uh, uh, like dressing up, he'd got these like uh, skin tight leggings that he'd borrowed off his missus. He'd got like uh, uh, boots, that, um, just like silver boots, uh, a massive fur coat, uh, this like huge wig, uh, uh, glasses on. And he said, he said his missus driving him into uh, Nottingham. And she went, well, on the plus side, no one's going to recognise you. Mm. And he said he got out of the car and he was walking down the street and he said this lad's walked past and gone, right, Blakey. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, he's like, but I mean, yeah, that's probably about as uh, safe a story as I've got. Please say you've got a photo of that. <laughs> <Huh>? Yeah, please <laughs> pop that into the picture somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear yeah. me. I'm sure there's, uh, there's plenty more which we can pick your brains on yeah. later on. But yeah. let's go back to that squad because as the Ian Bowling sort of gave us that insight of it was quite jokey, quite a lively yeah, challenge. Yeah. You, you sort of mentioned when you were coming mm. through with the young, young lads like Liam Lawrence, Leroy mm. Williamson, Craig mm. Disley, that sort of sort of era. What was that dressing room like? Because that was essentially the side which went on to win promotion for us. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, re really lively uh, dressing room. And I think like the, you know, the, old, the older players there as well, um, they you know they created the uh you know that team spirit um i just i just, I just thought of another story actually <laughs> yeah, um, dave, uh, dave linnigan so linney was he he was a scary man at the best of times so he just wasn't somebody that you would play any sort of practical joke on and um i'd I'd like gone home, like, uh, no, I was, I, was, yeah, I was driving home from training and I've got a call on my mobile and it's Lenny, who would never have normally called me. So I've like, uh, like answered the phone and he's like, because you've been putting deep heat in my underpants. He goes, I don't know if I can say the word, but he said, yeah, yeah, he, said my, he said, my bollocks are purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes, I'm going to kill someone. Um, and so it, got, it ended up, I don't know if you can remember him, uh, John Andrews. Yeah, I So John yeah. Andrews. Well, at least yeah. we all looked yeah. at yeah. sight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember him. Yeah, all so, these names I remember, yeah. 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 yeah so, so John Andrews had thought it funny to go around putting deep heat in uh, people's underpants and he'd put it in Linny's underpants. Well, John took a week off training. He wasn't seen for a week. Because he, like, he obviously didn't realise he put it in Linny's. And it was just like... Did yeah. anyone pop round to his house to make sure he was still alive, still yeah, breathing? Yeah, it's like, yeah. But, um, I think that's what yeah. Bobby, Bobby said in the last week's episode about that sort of thing happened quite a lot those days, but 
doesn't really happen anymore, does it? Sort of that sort of um, the pranky side and the that sort of joking side of football is not as it's not there as much as it used to be. Really. Yeah, like I, I'm, I met up with Bob, um, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he he was saying that he said, you know, it's everything's got you know so serious and you know the you know like all, all you know all the players. It's like he said you have to be careful how you speak to them and everything. I mean. Like the older lads, they, you know, when we first said, you know, they'd, they'd uh, it'd be verging on uh, torture. You know, there's people locked in skips in <laughs> the middle of the pitch. Uh, you know, people doused down in boot polish, everything. It was like, you what know, was, was the worst a, you ever, first of all, what was the worst I you can ever remember, had? I can remember Ali, Ali Asher getting uh, locked in a uh, skip, uh, pushed down the stand. Uh, and then left in the middle of the pitch. And I think it was a groundsman who ended up having to uh, uh, break the lock. <laughs> but I, I don't know, you know, how long it, they just left in there. But um, yeah, but any, yeah, any, any lip or cheekiness, you know, it was like, you know, they really come down hard on you. But I think that, you know, that was part of the, it was part of the learning curve and nobody, you know, nobody got to, Big for the boots, really. What was the worst one you ever administered that you would want to admit to being a part of with that? I, I was never part of it. Like, I was, I was one of the young ones. <laughs> Quite I, was one like, I, was, I was, like, uh, hiding in the corner. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I, I was so uh, quiet and shy. Um, I just try and, you know, literally try and uh, keep my head it. down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it's quite interesting because obviously when you came back to the club, you brought your younger brother Rory with you. Yeah. And obviously, well, Rory was actually there before me. Yeah. So when I when I came back, so I'd I'd actually finished for a year, and then I ended up going to Rotherham, and it was Rory who'd gone through Ivan again. Rory was at Rotherham, and Rory had gone to Mansfield, and it was through Rory that I ended up going back. So he was he was there, and training, um, and I think Ivan. Had spoken to Rory to see what I was doing, um, you know, and he, you know, he'd said he'd said, you know, come come in. Yeah. Were you ever sort of a little bit obviously protective of older brother over Rory sometimes when it came to the dressing room uh, banter, yeah. or were no, you not, dishing it out on him? Yeah, no, because I mean, Rory Rory's always been a lot more uh, vocal than me, so he's always, you know, he tells everyone what he thinks of him, and you know, he. You know, he, you know, tell me what to do most of the time. Um, uh, and it's same at same at Bradford. He was like, you know, he's one of those who's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, really confident. And I, you know, probably be, uh, you know, just a bit, a bit quieter and yeah, trying to yeah, rein yeah, him in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. imagine that. That's, it's quite, it, it's, it's quite funny to sort of see sort of you hear you saying that about Rory being the more confident one because you sort of think you know the younger brother would sort of yeah, stay in the yeah, shadows a bit yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's interesting to know that Rory was there before but you mentioned yeah. Ivan Hollett tell us a little bit more about Ivan because I think he's a name which for many supporters of the club will recognise now we've, we've said it and remember him and he brought through some class players so what was Ivan like as a as a character because he was there for Longer than many yeah. managers, men and groundsmen, yeah. things like that. He was there for a while. Um, I mean, Ivan, and I, I've told him many a time, 
you know, he, he was the reason that, um, you know, I played football. Um, but he was, um, he, he, he was brilliant. He was brilliant and he was so encouraging. You know, he'd fill you with confidence. Um, you know, he'd, t he'd talk to you all the time. It's like, obviously when I arrived and that, it's like, you know, I was raw, but I'd got, I'd got that pace, you know, and he'd fill you with confidence to, you know, go at people and just be like, you know, you know, he'd come up to you and tell you and like say, you know, the, you're playing against this guy, he's slow. He'll be petrified, you know, if you go at him. And he gave you that uh, belief, you know, to, uh, you know, to go out and, uh, and you know, and play without uh, holding back. Um, he obviously brought in every player that Mansfield has. He, you know, he was the, he was the scout. He was the one who was going looking at all the players, you know, so all these all these players that came in, you know, especially the younger lads, it was all, you know, all down to him. It's quite interesting to hear that, isn't it, boys? Because I think, as we say, he was at the club for a very long time, responsible mm. for all these younger players mm. as well. And yeah, like, like uh, Bobby, Diz, Liam, mm. Leroy, you know, Bucko, all of them. Danny Bacon. Yeah, 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 Danny, Danny yeah. Bacon as well. Yeah, all of them uh, do, come through, yeah. Does the club miss a, a character like that? Do you think we've not really got anyone that we know of, sort of? Cause everyone yeah. knew of Ivan Hollett, didn't mm. they? I mean, I, th I think, the, I think the problem is, is when you don't have someone like that, um, uh, you miss out on so much talent. Mm. And what you're doing is you're going out and you're buying players. Because it's like, obviously the fans, it's like you, you're coming through as a, a youngster, once you start scoring in the, you know, in the reserves, like the fans see that and they're like, you know, this is a good player, like get him, get him on. Whereas if you're signing someone who's inexperienced, who's going straight into the first team, people are like, you know, who have we signed here? I think that's where the Radfords yeah. are like, right? Yeah, the Radfords. Yeah. It's a youth team, yeah. they've won it three years on track. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. To Aaron's Bring some talent in, yeah. Through, yeah. Thinking, yeah. Let's, get, let's give them a chance yeah. to see what yeah, yeah. Had that for a long time, yeah. Certainly yeah. had that for a long time. What about Ivan Hollett then, boys? When was, as I was saying there, to know that he was responsible for so many of those good players, is the club, as we say, missing a, a character like that? I think we're trying to rebuild it in some mm. ways. I think that's where the, you know, obviously when we went out of the league, that the whole academy, you know, obviously we couldn't, it, it you know, it died, didn't it? So um, we're now at that stage at the club where that is being rebuilt. Um, obviously, I don't know who's sort of doing the mm. scouting, but it looks like obviously. Um, Ivan obviously <laughs> his record goes to show that we had some absolutely incredible players there they've all mm. gone on to do you know massive things in their career and that's exactly what we need now mm. and uh, you know this is one thing that I'm looking forward to about next season a little bit you know I think for all the stick that David Flickcross had the one thing that's always gone in his favour I think is that he's, he's passionate about bringing the youth players through and I think that's what we want we want to see mm. players playing for the shirt and we just hope that you know, uh, I mean, the youth team been doing great. We just hope that there is some talent in there and the scouting's been good and those players will start coming back through in a Mansfield Township. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it means more, a lot more to a younger player playing for your local team. So you look, at, you look back and you've got Bobby and you've got Liam and you've got Craig. Um, they come through Disney, youth. Disney, not me. I know. Yeah, 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 not, 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 not you. I'm not in physical yeah. condition <laughs> to play football. <laughs> um, yeah, you just means more like what Nathan says it means more to them like wearing the shirt coming through as like a local local lad playing for their local team and they want to do well and it just goes to prove when we won promotion all them years ago 
you know, that it means something to them. It's even You can even look at the financial side of the club as well. You know, these, these players are, you know, talented. And, you know, they're always going to go on to bigger and better things. And it's a, you look at some clubs, like, you know, you think the crews, when you look at lower down the league, you know, crew bring through through good players, Port mm. Vale do. You've got some teams that do very well just by bringing through their youth players, putting them into the first team, yeah. and they go on to do better things. And you look at higher up in the leagues, you know, Premiership, for example, Southampton, they're the... You know, they're probably the best at doing it, in my opinion. So if we can get a similar format, even Barnsley, like Bobby Asper said, they've got a great setup there, haven't they? So mm. that's what I think um, we need as a club, and I think that's what the Radfords want as a, as, a, as a club as well, and that's why they've invested so much into the youth setup. Yeah, it mm. certainly is, and I think it, it's hopefully for us, maybe in a couple of years' time, going to start to replicate that sort of late 90s, early noughties side, which Mick, you sort of came yeah. into having been yeah. put from that sort of tennis I mean, background. That, that, like the, the um, you know, the nucleus of that team that got the promotion, you know, they've been playing together since they were 15 years old. Yeah. And it's like, and, and then the players they brought in, uh, you know, people like uh, Chrissy Greenacre, he, legend. you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, absolute legend, like brilliant player, but he, like, great guy, great character, bought, so much to the dressing room and he was like I can remember going on away trips and it's like with the experience of playing for the teams you go away you know you go back to your room and I, you know you might uh, socialize a little bit with uh, the other players but you go back like back in those days we used to be you know we'd be sat watching tv in someone's room they'd be like you know six or seven of us all squashed in you know we just we just be we were so relaxed around each other um, and that helps so much on you know on the uh, on the pitch and, and also as well as you're not you're not frightened to give each other a bollocking or anything and we, we could you know talk to each other the way we wanted is that what you yeah. think made that 0102 side so successful the fact that they'd all sort of grown together and they'd all made that transition from youth reserve to first team with this almost in, in some respects the same coaching in Billy Dearden and then obviously yeah. Stuart Watkins. Yes, but they were also really, really good players. It's like, you know, from, you know, as soon, like when I, the first time I played with them, like I'd come from training with Donna, first team, went into reserve game um, with those guys. I can remember Bobby, Bobby was playing centre half in that game, you know, 17 years old against uh, Hucknall, first team rule, you know, big lads and that. Would have been a decent level back then as well. Yeah, and we, we, you know, Leroy, you know, uh, this, you know, the skills, the time in the past. I mean, you know, uh, Liam, like brilliant, brilliant player. And it was just like, there was just, there was just a lot of, there was a lot of class in, in that team. And it's like, you see, you see players who, you know, young players who people, you know, talk about and, you know, they, they lack in certain areas, whereas that team, that you know they had it was such a good such a good side fantastic yeah. well we certainly remember that sort of era well and that promotion we'd love to see that sort of creep in again which spell did you enjoy best then the first time or the second time because the second time for you on a personal yeah. note you were banging goals left right and center but yeah. on the pitch it sort of went the wrong way yeah i mean like the the, the difference for me was obviously it was at both ends of my career so i was i was a different player really uh, to, to that, to the fir to the first one. I mean, the f you know, the first. I mean, like Mansfield was always, he was always such a brilliant club for me. 
and I always felt totally relaxed. I felt like at home there. Um, the, squ the squad that we had that, you know, the second spell, it was, a, it was, again, it was a really good team. I played in a lot worse teams that have done a lot better. Um, and it was, you know, I was talking to Rory about this the other day and it, it is baffling. It's baffling how that squad got relegated because there were so many good players. I mean, what, one, of the, one of the reasons was um, Bap got injured. You know, so he missed he a, was a cornerstone. Yeah, he missed a lot of games that season, um, and I think you know, with him, you know, and Bucko playing centre halves, I think, uh, you know, I think we'd have uh, done a lot better. There was, you know, there's probably a couple of areas that you'd have strengthened. We we always felt sort of the goalkeeping area because Muggleton was back end of his career. His knee was. Muggs has has been. A great, great keeper, you know. But I think he, you know, he was he was at the back end of his career, and I think he was he was there um, in a in a coaching role. Um, Whitey had not played that many games, and I think to be thrust into um, a relegation battle is tough. You know, I think that we um, we possibly needed a you know a late twenties. So he was Keeper, what, 18, 19 at the yeah, time. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, very yeah, old, yeah. was he? No. And it's it, it's you know it is a high pressure uh, position. You know, one mistake and you know you've given you've given a game away. Did it make it worse the fact that there was obviously off the pitch that was the time where it was really getting to boiling point with between the supporters and Keith Haslam, the then chairman. Yeah. Did that not help on the pitch, especially at home, because of everything that was sort of going off? Did that sort yeah. of distract you a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think like I think I think the word to sum that whole scenario is, you know, I think it was to pretty toxic, uh, and I think that you know, you know, obviously the fans, you know, had a problem with uh, with Keith and how um, how everything was being run, um, but it di it didn't you know it didn't help the playing side. You know, and it would have been nice to have uh, somehow kept that, you know, away from uh, actual match. I think days, us as supporters, yeah. looking back at that as well, boys, is we remember that time. It was always animosity. I think when things started to go wrong on the pitch, when we concede sort of first twenty minutes or so, we'd not necessarily turn particularly on the players, but the frustration would then boil over to mm. the board, and then it just mm. created a negative atmosphere. Mm. And when you supporting in a negative atmosphere. You can feel it, so it must have been the same mm. on, yeah. the, on the pitch. I, I, well. I, I, I think, um, I think what it is as well in 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 sport is confidence plays such a major major part, and it's like you, you know, you the difference between a team getting relegated and being in the playoffs, you know, can be down to confidence. And it's like I've seen players when they're unconfident, they couldn't trap a bag of sand, yet they're good players. You know, and I think that um, the the whole feeling around the club there was like a negativity around the club, and so people were quick to they were quick to get upset, they were quick to anger because they obviously were upset, they were genuinely upset, um, and I think that you know no excuses, but it it doesn't it doesn't help. I yeah, think, I think that's 
that relegation season, we were never really in the bottom two until yeah, like yeah, the, last, yeah. the last few yeah, weeks. We yeah. were always like above it, and we never actually yeah. thought it were ever going to happen. No. And I think when it hit us, unlike Chesterfield's been there like all season. And yeah, yeah. Well, you see, you see teams are just not good yeah, enough, are they? We, yeah. just, we yeah. just never really got yeah. to them bottom two until yeah. like the last probably half yeah. a dozen games. And then once we got in, yeah. we just lost them a few. And we never got, we never really got any thrashings. We no. either lost one yeah. or two one. I think mm. our goal difference was like when we had minus 19, yeah, someone's yeah. gone down in minus 40, you know. Yeah, yeah. But from a personal perspective though, you were enjoying it because you were finding your feet, you were getting goals, you scored a hat-trick yeah. that season, a couple of braces. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I was, obvi I was obviously, um, you know, scoring a lot of goals, um, but, you know, you, when the, the, the pressure was, you know, the pressure was on, it was really on. Uh, so you can't, you know, you don't enjoy it and then you obviously don't enjoy the end of the season when uh, you're relegated, you can't, you know, it's, it's just not, you know, it's not possible. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it's like I, st I still struggle to get my head around that, you know, because it the was... The side we had. Yeah, because it was... You scored 20 plus goals, didn't you? 26 goals, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, think I finished... Second behind uh, Jack Lester. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So Jack Lester, yeah. as we now call him, obviously, yeah. <laughs> guiding Chesterfield into the non-league. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, t turn it on its head a little bit. I mean, we mentioned Bobby Hassel earlier on. Viewers or listeners from last week's podcast will have been sitting there and, and thinking, Nath, wouldn't they, when Bobby Hassel said about a certain food item when we were talking about coming here. Mm. He obviously mentioned the biggest house in Sheffield, which is not wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remind us, Nath, of... Uh, of what Bobby was talking about, and let's see if, if, if it's true. See if it's true. I've got to see if I can remember it exactly, though. But... I'm, I'm trying to think of some stories about Bobby quickly. Don't worry about that. Whenever you say he did say, and, um, was it pre-match or post-match? Post-training. Post Post-training, post post training, that was it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you had a certain uh, favourite food, didn't you? Can you remember that? No, who was it? Go on. Bobby said ev after every training session, because yeah. we were asking for some dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, to be fair to Bobby, he was, he was yeah. straight as a die and yeah. wouldn't give anything away. Yeah. Um, really insightful chat, actually. Yeah. And he said, the one thing I remember about Mickey, other than the fact he's got the biggest house in Sheffield, is every day after training, he would have a double chocolate chip muffin. Really? That's what he said, oh, yeah. isn't it? I'm, I, maybe, maybe I did. But I was going <laughs> to say that, like, I'm... Most of my career I was like a real health freak, you know, with uh, doing my diet and that, but maybe I did early on. <laughs> uh, it's a good job yeah. now, Nath, that you didn't yeah. actually go and buy double chocolate yeah. chip muffins because you'd have yeah. given them to me. That makes sense now because you put, you, message, you, yeah, you put it on the message and I was like, do I go out and buy chocolate chip muffins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought, because yeah, no. he didn't respond to it, and yeah. I thought, I don't think he actually knows what I mean by chocolate chip yeah. muffins. Yeah. I thought it was quite interesting. Unless Danny Reeks had them. Because I was, I, was, I was with uh, Bobby at Barnsley yes. as well, yeah. Mm. Maybe he was thinking to your Barnsley days. Yeah, but I, I mean, by the time I'd got there, I'd be like... Uh, super, super health kit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe. I can remember uh, I, I, on, the, on the way to Barnsley, I used to, um, I used to stop at McDonald's and have a coffee and a bagel with cream cheese on. Um, <laughs> But I didn't, I didn't realise that it was all Barnsley fans who were working in there. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it ended up on some forum that I was going to McDonald's before training <laughs> every day. And it was like, 
<laughs> I can just imagine me sat there like a Big Mac or something. Is there anything yeah. which you think you wouldn't have got away with now? Just talking about a, a fan sort of putting it on a forum, obviously. Um, with the emergence of, sort of Twitter, Facebook, everything's a lot more sort of instant and interactive with mm. players. Is there anything you think you might not have got away with uh, when you were in your playing days, whether it was Mansfield or Grimsby or wherever you were? Um, I, think, I think players nowadays, like obviously when I started, um, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the first team, I think it was, you know, 99, 2000, um, the, older, the older generation, they were... Um, you know, still drink, you know, drinking and, you know, yeah, yeah, it was like, it was like that, that, you know, that older, that older mentality. And I think the younger ones, you know, even though they'd, you know, enjoy a night out or whatever, um, the, you know, the professionalism had started to, yeah, 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 the professionalism started to really, uh, creep in, um, and, you know, I just don't, I, I think, like nowadays, you can't, you know, I think if you want a career in football, then you have to do everything right. You have to do everything right. You have to act right. It's like now with social media, it's like, um, you know, if you misbehave and you do get, you know, you get a few players give professional footballers a bad name. They give them a bad name by uh, their behaviour. And it's like, you, you, you have to be aware that, you know, people, uh, you know, everyone's got phones and cameras and everything now. So, you, you, you know, you're representing, you're representing a football club and it's like, you have to act in the way that people expect you to act. Within well, that yeah. Stags dressing room then, whether the first time round or the second time mm. round, who would have been the likely one to sort of get up to no good and it would be plastered all over social media? Um, Gary Tallon. <laughs> yeah. He was he was insane. <laughs> yeah, he was insane. He was it, like great guy, like brilliant guy. Um, he he you know he was um, he, he he you know he was full of beans and he was uh, you know he'd be the he'd be the one who'd get everyone going in the dressing room. Uh, you know, he was just like a bundle of energy, but he didn't have an off switch. Are we talking deep heat and under or are we talking way, way worse? Worse, a lot worse, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, can you remember Lee Peacock? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, don't know, I don't know if I should tell you. Yes, yes, you should. you should. You should definitely <laughs> okay. say this. You, you can't yeah. not say that. Okay, <laughs> so uh, Lee and Gary are heading to Leeds in the car. Um, and <laughs> Gary's uh, driving and, then, and so he's... he's uh, farted and then said I think I've shit myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so Lee, Lee's like saying like like nearly got my head out the window and everything like that and so Gary's put his like hands down his jeans pulled his hand out he said just obviously shit all over his oh, hand oh no yeah and so he said he's gone the whole journey with a crisp packet over his hand like that <laughs> And, and 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 Lee said he's got his head out the uh, out the car window. He said he said I was literally like trying not to be sick. That was that was that's pretty standard. That's standard. He will not appreciate me saying this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe um, we'll have to get him on a future episode. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. try he'd be, and find he'd, out be uh, he'd be brilliant. 
preparing yeah. 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 yeah, I think we'll yeah. have to uh, get onto that and uh, and make that happen. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if we, if about you guys, but I want to hear those stories. Yeah, mm. I do. On or off okay. camera, I want to hear those <laughs> yeah. stories. Yeah. I'll message you. I remember, like, Lee Beacock's got tattoos, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Lee, yeah, he, I mean, Lee was a great player. Yeah. Really great player. Uh, you know, uh, really, really good athlete. Yeah. Brilliant. It's interesting, like, as you, as you were saying earlier about what you'd get away with these days, like, uh, you, you wouldn't even be able to go to McDonald's Flat Bagel in the morning. So you look at, like, Accrington this season. Can you remember it being all over social media about yeah. their chairman offering, saying that he's going to buy them a McDonald's every, when time, they, they won, every yeah. time they every won? Every time they won, And yeah. it was a massive outcry, wasn't it? Just, uh, just over that. And it, mm. it was massive, wasn't it? And just, yeah. that's, I think that's how football has changed these days. It's, yeah. it's certainly a changing landscape. Yeah. What about you off the pitch? I mean, I did a little bit of research on you. I, I might be wrong and I might, might be Maybe. right. I know you went into property for a while. Yeah. Um, pilot's license? Uh, yeah, helicopter. You do have a helicopter yeah, yeah. license? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I um, actually, the, this, the, um, I, had, I, had the, um, I had my license uh, the, um, the second time that I came back to. Uh, Mansfield, um, and uh, all the lads kept wanting me to uh, land a helicopter at the uh, training ground. It's an everyday uh, occurrence now, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the, with um, the Radfords and their helicopter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I just thought I, I just didn't I didn't I didn't trust the you know trust the lads because I thought that one of them would end up walking into the tail did, road for something. Did you have a helicopter then? Did you? Um, I, did, I did for a period of time, yeah. Yeah, I um, had one. Uh, uh, like, I lived, I lived out in the countryside here uh, and I had, one, I had one for a short period, but it was just... So you know, would you fly into training rather than drive? Or was it... No. Do, do you just sort of get <laughs> it away? You wouldn't trust no. the lads? No. You wouldn't no, trust the lads? No. No, they'd probably like play a prank on me and end up crashing it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> prank taking a bit too far. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. No. And obviously, family-wise as well. Obviously, Rory played football with him. He played for, for Stags. Yeah. Sisters who play sports for for Britain, Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, Helen as well, singer-songwriter. Yeah. Talent just runs through the bowling jeans, doesn't it? Um, I don't know if it's that or uh, just a bunch of triads. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we, I'm sure we yeah. wouldn't say that. Well, it's yeah. been certainly an exciting uh, insight so far, boys. And we're going to find out a little bit more about Mickey's time at Mansfield Town FC. We'll talk about that relegation season a little bit more. We'll find out a bit more about that. We'll also talk about certain FA Cup moments. Simon will, will tell us about that later on. And we're going to put you under the spotlight as we uh, play the All About You quiz. What terrible memories. If you can uh, be <laughs> Ian Bowling or Bobby Hassel. Uh, but first, uh, obviously, this series is all about dementia and raising money for the Alzheimer's Society. Um, so if you want to find out a little bit more about that, um, you can do all the links and everything are in the description. Let's take a quick break. I enjoy the work I do, so I'd like to keep going as long as I can. Probably move to a farm area, because I grew up on a farm. Definitely important to have a lovely, happy family around you. I'm hoping by then I'd have great nieces and nephews and things like that. I'd like to travel. I imagine skiing somewhere, which means I'm obviously assuming I'll be really healthy and able to ski at that age. 
Dementia is the number one killer in England and Wales, and there is no cure. And that's quite a, quite a shocking statistic now, I've heard it. I do pride myself on the sharpness of my mind at the moment. If I lost that ability, I think that would be very hard to bear. Your daughter has a one in three chance of developing dementia in her lifetime. Right. That is a really horrible thought. The state doesn't pay for dementia care as they would with other illnesses, such as cancer. Right, okay. Well, that raises questions for me because I just think, why? Why wouldn't they? I don't know how I'm meant to feel about this because if there's no solution, then someone's spending money in the wrong places, you know? If your husband got dementia, yeah. a care home could cost you between 600 and 1,200 pounds a week. Sorry. Don't really like this alternative picture that you're painting for me. It's um, pretty grim. I just think it says something about our society if we're not prepared to look after people when they get into their old age. It makes me very cross and makes me question what kind of society we want to be. That's a big reason why we're obviously doing this series for the Alzheimer's Society, as we say, the link's in the description. Mick, thank you very much for obviously being involved with it as well. Yeah. And I guess dementia is something which it, it hits everybody in, in yeah. some form as well. Um, my uh, granddad, he was a professional footballer and he ended up with Alzheimer's as well. Um, I went to an event um, three weeks ago and Jeff Hurst was there um, and he was talking about the um, 66 team, winning team. Um, and how many of the players, you know, had, end, had ended up with uh, Alzheimer's as well, you know, so it's just, um, you know, it's a, a you know, crippling uh, disease, you know, I'm not, you know, people have talked, you know, about the links with, um, uh, you know, the footballs and heading the footballs as well, you know, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, brought stuff on, so, you know, but it is, uh, uh, you know, it's a sh uh, you know, shocking, shocking disease. Yeah, it really is, and that's why we're encouraging people to hit that donate button in the descriptions of this, whether it's the video version you're watching or the audio version. All the links that you need are in the description, so please do give and help us uh, raise money for a really worthwhile cause. We are here on a trip down memory lane, and uh, we're here in Sheffield. Thanks very much to Mickey Bolding for inviting us around to his fantastic house, which again is the biggest house in Sheffield, <laughs> verified by uh, Bobby Hassel. <laughs> he, he wasn't wrong. Um, and it's that time of the show. You two know what, what's coming. It's, it, it's time for the quiz. Agreed. On a scale of one to ten, how competitive would you say that you are? I'm, I'm very competitive, but. <laughs> I know that I know I know what Bobby's like, so I definitely won't beat him. <laughs> uh, well, let me just try and find what Bobby got uh, last week. We've got your questions uh, ready as uh, for you as well. I'll fill you in on what happens uh, in that. Basically, it's ten questions up against the clock, all about your uh, career, mainly predominantly your time 
uh, at the Stags. So uh, there's 10 questions on that. As I say, you're up against the clock. And if you get a, a question wrong, it's plus five seconds. But if you pass, it's plus 10. So it's always worth right. uh, having a stab. Let's see if I can find uh, Bobby. I've managed to find your quizzes from the last podcast that we did. So I've got <laughs> to go back a, a little bit as well. I've got all the... This is what happens when you don't do your notes properly and you just leave everything on top of your clipboard. Where have we gone? Full season's worth of yeah. quizzes there, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah, it's a full season worth of quiz, which I've got to scroll back through. Uh, Bobby, I found Ian Bowling. Ian Bowling is the current leader. He did it in, he got seven correct answers mm. in one minute 19, but with penalties, got uh, a total time of one minute 39. Uh, and Bobby, he managed to do it in, he got six correct answers. Yeah. Uh, in one minute twenty nine, so with the uh, with the penalties, that's one minute forty nine. So, uh, would you like to try and get to the top of the leaderboard, or are you just trying you just trying to beat Bobby? Or you I just want to beat Bobby. You just want to beat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, so we shall uh, find out what happens then. Um, each former player will face ten questions, all about them and their time at Mansfield Town FC. As I say, they'll go up against the clock, and the person with the most correct answers in the quickest time at the end of the series will be the winner. Saying pass will add plus ten seconds, whereas an incorrect answer will be just five. The time will start after I've asked the first question. Okay. I'll just say that for Simon's benefit because yeah, okay. he's on, I forget. on the time yeah. he forgets. Um, so, Mickey, yep. are you ready? Yep. Okie dokie. Simon, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Okay, silence from the audience, please. No help from, from outside. No ringing up Rory for answers either or any of the squad. Uh, here we go. Mick, you had two spells at the club. The first starting in 1999. Against who did you score your first goal? Start the clock. Shrewsbury. You weren't the only member of the 1999-2000 squad to be part of the team that were relegated during your second spell. Who was the other? Carl Muggerton. During your second spell with the club, you were joined by your younger brother, Rory. But how many league games did you start together in that total time? Three, six or nine? Three. During the 2007-2008 season, who did you score a hat-trick against? Um, Shrewsbury. Which defender left a, left a nasty boot mark on you during the FA Cup fourth round tie with Middlesbrough? Yeah, uh, How many managers did you play under your, during your combined stints at the club? Four. Who scored more for the club, you or Lee Peacock? Me. Jet Paul Germany. Jet Paul Germany is an anagram of which former left-back and teammate of yours? Jet Paul Germany. You and Rory went your separate ways after a spell together at Bradford. Who did he join? Um, One highlight of the 2007-2008 relegation season was the 5-0 win over Macclesfield Town. You and Nathan Arnold got a goal each, but who got the other three? Um, uh, Brown. Stop the clock. Okay. Let's have a little quick uh, tot up of this. You've done all right there. Yeah, Nathan, how do you think he did? I think he's done very well, actually. Yeah. There's there was one, actually, which I think we need to go yeah, to the I panel can, one, I can't remember how long Lee, one. Lee was there. Past one, uh, I think he got yeah. the actual answer. He mm. said it. He said it under his breath. I yeah, I'm, I'm, we might need to have a little steward's inquiry on that I one. Think I think we mean. do. Uh, the only one you got incorrect was the managers. Oh, it was yeah. three, although you said four, yeah. because technically it was four, but one was the same manager. Oh, yeah. In Billy Dearden. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah. went yeah, uh, Dearden, one, Shirtley, yeah. Dearden again <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, Paul Holland. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, can't no, that's good, that one. Good, uh, good question. Uh, so uh, yeah. I do try. It's, it's usually <laughs> thrown together, but there you go. The anagram, I'd have been, I, I, I know I've seen it. Yeah, you can, you, you yeah, can see the answer. Yeah. Okay. 
in there. D- who did you say under your breath? Because you saw. I was, I was thinking of Jervis, Dave Jervis. Oh, oh no, I thought you were Gareth Jellyman. It was Gareth Jellyman, yeah. So let's add up these. I've got to do maths now. So that's plus 10 for that, which is one. This is where it goes wrong, where Craig does math. I can tell you, Mickey, you've got eight correct answers, eight. including penalties, in a time of one minute, 38 seconds. Oh, he's done it. So, so I, think, he, I think he's beat Bobby by a second. No, he's bowling by a second. Bobby was 49. I'm going to find yeah. it now, yeah. So I think I think it might be top. Well, we'll put the results on screen, there, but just for the audio version, let's get this right. Yeah, Ian Bowling got it in 139, uh, and then Bobby Hassel got it in 149. Uh, which does mean by a split second, by a second, you are the current leader of the It's All About You quiz. <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? No, <laughs> by a second. I thought it did, did yeah. really well. I think the only an- it was the only anagram that really threw you on that one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I bet you didn't think at nine o'clock this morning you'd be doing a quiz. I know, right? <laughs> we're expecting that. You see, we, we never tell. The players who come on, we never tell them that we're yeah, doing a quiz yeah. because then it's all, they'll, they'll always like, turn around and say, well, actually, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't do yeah. it now. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, next week on the show, we're going to have uh, Jonathan Delaye on, on the panel. You would have played with JD yeah. in the second spell. Yeah. Uh, same question we asked Bobby Hassel. This is how we found out about your massive mansion. Mm. Um, what can we uh, expect from, from JD? Is there anything you can dig up on, on him? JD is one of the nicest men I've ever met in my life. He's, he, you know, he's just, he's such a great guy, um, and, you know, he was, uh, he was, you know, re- really, really good player. Um, nothing, nothing to, no, uh, nothing bad to say about JD. He's just, you know, straight really, Yeah, really, really nice guy. Uh, One thing about him as well, when he was at the States, he always every Sunday morning. He'd go and watch all the young lads yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. religious was, thing. You'd always used to see yeah. him every Sunday. He, 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 was a, he was a proper, proper person. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, aside, aside the foot, you know, he was, a, he was a great player, but aside the football, football, he was, you know, he was a proper person who, um, you know, he, he, he took time to, you know, to see how everyone was and, you know, he was, gen- he was genuinely yeah. uh, concerned. So there's no stories from... JD. No, no. He's got away with one. Yeah, he's got away with that. He's probably the only yeah. player, I think, on this entire series who's probably going to escape that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. yeah. uh, look forward to I that. I always like how he used to turn people in midfield because he had this thing about him. If yeah. he got his back to him, he couldn't. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Just to turn a yeah. pattern. Yeah, he was, he, he was, he was a brilliant, yeah. brilliant player. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when we play possession, you know, no, no, one, no one get the ball off him. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he was just one of those players. It's like, you know, I played with, uh, you know, a few players in training who, who'd got that and, he, you know, he was right up there. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we look yeah. forward to hearing some of his stories. Yeah. Um, obviously, your second spell at the club, 2006, you came back. Yeah. Just remind us how your sort of uh, return came about then. We mentioned it in the first part, but let's just remind people. Yes, um, basically, I'd... Um, I'd, I'd finished playing. I, I was at, I was at Barnsley, and, I, and I'd, end, I'd gone on loan to Cardiff at the end of that season. I finished playing at the end of that season. I was, you know, 29 years old. Um, I'd, you know, fallen out of love with the game for you know whatever whatever reason. Um, and then I ended up going and training with Rotherham towards the end of that uh, season um, with uh, Alan Nil. Um, and Rory had gone to Mansfield, Rory was training with Mansfield, 
and then through through Ivan, uh, you know, Ivan was asking what I was doing. Did I want to come back in and train in that? And yeah, so I I came back, um, and you know, it took me took me a little bit of time to you know, because you 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 step out of the game and it take you know it takes you time to find your find your feet again. You know, it probably took me you know six seven months to you know to really uh, you know get back to you know, where, where, where I'd like to be. So I imagine it's a complete late change of lifestyle. So am I right in thinking that between footballing spells you'd moved into the family property business? I'd, I'd, always, I'd always been involved. So I'd, I'd like been involved in business all, all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, so I went, I went working in, uh, in, in property uh, full time, which is, you know, it's completely different. I tried to stay fit, but you can't, you know, the... F- you know the fitness levels to uh, to play ninety minutes of league footballs. You know it's pretty it's pretty intense. Sometimes it doesn't look it, but it, <laughs> when you're on the actual pitch yeah. and you're ten minutes in and you can't breathe. Uh, I mean, for, uh, for yeah. me, looking back at that era, cause it, it's we weren't a massively successful side on the pitch, but we had a decent squad, and I quite like Peter Shirtliff as a as a manager. What was he like to? To work on because he, he was obviously the assistant to Carton Palmer who had gone and then he'd taken the reins. We ended up getting to the FA Cup third round against Newcastle and, yeah. and we were doing all right. What was he like as a, as a manager? Um, sure, he was a great guy. He was a great guy. Um, he always played me on the wing, uh, which uh, you weren't happy with. No, <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> um, it's quite it's quite funny. I've, no, I've never actually told anyone this story before. So I, I actually like I, I'd say to him, I'm a centre forward. Like I've played at a lot higher level than this. I'm you know I've, I can score goals. Like you know put me up top with uh, Richie, um, and he'd be like, you know thing. I ended up t- <laughs> ended up taking him. I'm not I'm I'm not a uh, you know a bit embarrassed about this, but I ended up taking him a um, DVD of. Goals in, which yeah. <laughs> is pretty, pretty embarrassing. It's like, I like giving him as soon as I give him, I was like, oh god. So the next day, we're doing shape on the main pitch. Um, I've gone over to take a corner. So the rest of the team's in the box. I'm at the corner flag, and he went, Mickey, I watched your DVD last night. <laughs> Some brilliant goals on there. And I was just like, the rest of the team were like, <laughs> like what? And I was just like, oh my God. He still didn't play me up front, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I yeah, basically played that whole season on the left wing, which I, you know, being, when you're left footed, you, you, you know, you do tend to get thrown out on that left side. Uh, but it was something almost though. for force of habit. Oh, he's a left natural left footer, so he's got yeah, a bit of pace. Yeah, 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 yeah it, it happened to me again at Barnsley. I'd, I'd, um, I've been at Grimsby. I was top goal scorer at Christmas. Barnsley signed me. It was good, John Thordson, and he, he, he like wanted to talk to me. So Grimsby said, "Yeah, you can go and talk to him." And he was like saying, "I'm going to play you on the left." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, and I was like, "No," I'll... and he was like. Oh no no no! I'm gonna play you up front. I'm gonna play it from as soon as I signed. Boom! Straight onto the wing. Yeah. yeah. And it was. Uh, and then it was only then. Uh, Good John got sacked after like three games. Paul Hart came in, who also played me on the wing, mm. and then he eventually put me back up front. Yeah. 
and then he actually, he actually apologised <laughs> to me for playing me on the wing. Because I say to him, I'm a centre forward, I'm a centre forward. And he'd go, you're not centre forward. How much hammer did you get from the lads when, after that training I think they were a bit confused. Mm. They were, I think they were a bit confused about, like, has, he's not. He can't have. <laughs> it's like, uh, but... Um, yeah, I was just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. DVDs had only just come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would have been quite funny if it were VHS and then uh, yeah, you, yeah. your girlfriend or your missus had taped Changing Rooms over halfway through and you said it was a lovely episode of Changing Rooms. What they did yeah. with that two by, that four, yeah. that uh, two up two down was great. Extreme makeover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like obviously we lost uh, we lost Richie at the end of that season as well. But I think I think if we could have... Um, I think if we could have slightly strengthened the squad... You know, in a, in a couple of areas, I think, you know, we'd have been completely fine. I think us as supporters yeah. listening to that, I think if in that sort of the season after that Barker mix, he went in the January, ended up going to Hartlepool. Mm-hmm. Rumours that he was sold against his wishes, that sort of thing. We'd love to find out if that is actually true or not. Um, but him going there, obviously, Martin Gritton and Barry Conlon came in. Did you ever think at that time that that might be your opportunity to sort of uh, go back up top? Because at that point, the manager was then... Billy again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like Billy had come back in and I think that Billy, um, I think with me, it's like when I, went, when, I went to, when I went to Grimsby, like I'd talked to, like I'd obviously had two seasons at Mansfield and when I talked to Billy in the summer about re-signing, I was like saying, I, I need to play matches, I need to play. Um, and obviously Chrissy was the main striker you know, but we we had played together and we played, we always played really well together. Um, but I think a lot of the managers, especially then, it was like, um, you know, ni- neither is a neither is a small, but we're not, you know, we're not six foot three, six foot four. Um, and I think back then it was always a big guy with a smaller guy. Whereas I think now because everybody plays it on the deck, yeah. you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter so much. But we'd when we had played together, we you know we played. We played really well and we understood each other. Um, but he couldn't, like, like Billy, he couldn't guarantee me. So I ended up, ended, I nearly signed for Huddersfield. Um, <laughs> nearly signed for Huddersfield, but ended up signing for uh, Grimsby. Yeah, so Huddersfield were in League One and then I'd, I was training with them. Um, and then I ended up, it was Lou, Lou McCary and Joe Jordan at Huddersfield and I ended up signing for... Uh, Grimsby, but it was a, it was another uh, Ivan Hollett mm. character named John Cottrell, mm. who was at Grimsby, who took a gamble on me, um, and invited me over, uh, and he what what he said was he said there's no guarantee, so I'd have to leave Huddersfield to go to Grimsby, and Lou made it very clear that if I went to Grimsby, I wasn't, you know, he didn't he didn't want to sign me if I went. Um, you know, so I took a little bit of a gamble. Went to Grimsby. They chucked me on the wing for the first game. Played Donny. <laughs> played terrible. Was non-existent. Stood out on the wing, and I could see John afterwards. Like, and I, um, Lenny Lawrence was the manager, and we, he said, "I'm going to give you another game." And I said, "Please play me up front." And he said, "I've got nine centre forwards." And I said, "Play me up front, and you'll sign me." And so he said, "He said, okay." We played against Blackpool. Uh, played great and I can remember looking up at the box after the game and I could see John beaming and so I knew then that 
uh, that I was in in there. So it almost feels yeah. as we're listening to your career stories that there are so many times where the left wing striker situation yeah. is sort of it could yeah. have gone one or two ways because again if you'd have been left out on that left wing you might not have gone on to play for Grimsby and sort of build up your reputation a little bit more and yeah, yeah. we might not be sitting here talking about this because you might have just hung up the boots and yeah. said yeah well I mean I, like I loved playing so if if you know if it had been if it if it had been left full I mean Lou wanted me to play left back and like the games I played I played really well left back you know because I could obviously you know overlap on the wing um, but I always felt um, I always felt uh, uh, more dangerous playing up top. How did your move come about with Aston Villa then? Um, well I f like obviously finished I finished that season strongly at Grimsby uh, finished top goal scorer there um, and it was obviously quite a lot of big games in the championship that yeah, that yeah. season. So I had I'd had had Everton, had Middlesbrough, and I had Villa, um, uh, who were all wanting to talk to me. Mm. And I ended up going to Villa first, mm. and it was uh, Graham Taylor, mm. um, and I signed that day. So I talked to him and went and did a medical and signed. Yeah. Um, was that like on a transfer deadline then? Great, uh... No, it was, it was summer. It was in oh, the summer. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. the, he was the first person I talked talk to. Well, they had a big squad at that time. Yeah, yeah. It was St Steve McLaren was at Borough, who had been keen, and then I'd I'd had quite a lot of teams in the Championship as well. Like mm. Palace offered me like a five-year mm. deal. Wow. Um, uh, but yeah, so I went um, went to Villa, um, and like obviously a big. You know, like looking back, I think um, I'd have probably stayed in the championship another, definitely yeah. another season. Yeah. You know, because uh, I was on a bit of a roll. And obviously, you go into a squad like Villas, you know, and they'd got so many uh, players. Yeah. You know, that it was always it was always a real task yeah. to yeah. to break through. And then you ended up going back to Grimsby, and then Barnsley, and then eventually mm. made your way back. Yeah. Uh, to Mansfield, yeah. almost like full circle yeah. in Back some home. respects as well. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, two spells with Grimsby, two spells with Mansfield. He's sort of split down the middle when it comes to if you pledging your support to either one. Are they the two clubs which you look back on with the most fondness? Um, yeah, definitely. It's like, like I really enjoyed my time at, uh, at Barnsley and Bradford. Um, uh, you know, and I've got, you know, got a lot of friends at uh, at Barnsley, um, but I always felt that Mansfield, you know, m you know, Mansfield was my uh, was the club that gave me my chance. Kickstart, yeah. Yeah, um, got you know, got so many friends there and f and from there that you know, like Bobby, you know, Bobby was my best mate then. He's the person that I've always kept in yeah. in touch with. Um, Grimsby. It was another similar club to Mansfield, where they, you know, they have to uh, build the success off getting, you know, some really, really good players for for nothing. You know, they've not got the money that some of these other clubs have got just to shell out. Uh, so it was like a similar mentality where, um, uh, you know, like obviously when I went there, it was in it was in the Championship. You're playing against some a lot of big uh, clubs. Uh, it was normally the the, normal, the the team talk each week. You'd be playing Man City or someone, 
and the manager every week go, I've seen them, they don't fancy it. <laughs> <laughs> Big timers. <laughs> every week was, was, the, was the same. Um, but yeah, like, you know, um, Grimsby, you know, brilliant fans, Mansfield, brilliant fans, uh, both, you know, both like, re- you know, proper, proper uh, football clubs. What game for Mansfield actually stands out in your memory as your best one and what would you say is the worst one? I think, th- well, the, 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 the very first game I, I can remember playing for um, uh, Mansfield, I'm trying to remember who it was, it was like a brand, brand new stadium. The four-four Macclesfield. No, it was a, it was a pre-season game. Oh, right. But it was what was the team that they were putting loads of money into in the Midlands? Who were um, not Dag? Um, they got like a double barrel name. They've like gone. It's not MK Dons, was it? No, they've gone yeah. out of existence now. Rushton and Diamonds. Yeah, Rush, yeah. Is it Rushton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was Rushton. So it's that yeah. that stadium there, and I can remember um, playing in that game, and it was you know it was a full mm. you know full house in that. Mm. Uh, Little stadium, and I can remember uh, chasing the fullback was trying to run the ball out of play, and I was chasing him, and all the away fans are behind that goal, and I can remember just giving him a shove. He was like, "The ball's going out," but I just gave him a shove, and he'd gone over, and I can remember the fans and the noise that they made, <laughs> and I can remember thinking, "This is brilliant. <laughs> I love this." Yeah. Talking yeah. of stadiums, obviously, yeah. you went through you one of the the rare ones in the terms of the line that we've got um, for this series who've played at both the old Field Mill as well as yeah, and the new yeah. Field Mill One Core Stadium as it's yeah. now known. Just what what's the differences then playing between the two in terms of the atmosphere and the, the way the ground was sort of set up behind mm. the scenes? Um like ov- ov- obviously the the uh, the old ground the um uh, the the uh, change rooms was underneath the main ground is is that is that changed again no, now? It's because still it's, in the it's still where, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously yeah. the change room, yeah. and uh, you know, ended up behind the, the back of that stand. Um, it was, I mean, the old ground it was a brilliant. It was yeah. a brilliant atmosphere, mm. and you know, it was, uh, you know, it was. I mean, it was the the inner workings. They were they were ancient, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got the big old bath in the change yeah. room. The chain the change rooms were massive. That was, I mean, that's one of the things. The change rooms were massive in the old ground. Yeah. In the new ground, uh, so you, know, you couldn't you couldn't swing a cat in there. It's yeah. you know, the tiny. It's um, an, an interesting yeah. one. And uh, let's talk about what happened at the new stadium then, Si. Um, when you was obviously in your second spell, FA Cup run, fantastic run that year. Probably the highlight of uh, yeah. that season. To be fair, remember it well, Si, don't you? I do. I'm sure Mickey does as well. Yeah. Robert who's size ten in his chest. <laughs> what happened? Do you still have? Have you still got like a little boot outline of a No, boot I did though. He, 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 he punctured. Yeah, he punctured my uh, stomach with his uh, with one of his studs. But luckily, luckily I had I had my my elbow was like tucked in, so the top of his boot, like he he like he cut my arm because the top of his boot mm. caught my arm. I think if my arm, so it was like the bottom two studs, like one of them, like just punctured straight in. But the the um, the second that he did it, I just thought my game is done. You know, I thought you played on as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like like a you know you're obviously checking yourselves and that. But I think if my arm hadn't been there, I think it'd have been 
uh, ribs that had just been Because us as fans, with, yeah. with it that happening, we were all like, how the hell is yeah. he playing on, you know? He didn't even get booked, I don't think, for that. No, he didn't get booked. Did he say anything yeah. to you after he did it? Or? <laughs> it was a TV uh, match, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was on BBC, yeah. 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 But, well, it, with, the, with the referee, because the referee like, pulled us together and he came in, and obviously he, he was nowhere near the ball. Mm. Um, you know, he'd, he'd come past the ball and then followed through some and we were obviously both running towards each other um, and I can remember him him saying to the ref uh, I got the ball uh, and I'd you know I was like you know I said yeah you nearly got both of them because <laughs> he was so you know he was obviously so close you know half a you know half a foot lower could have been worse yeah, yeah. Um, and the referee was like looking at me uh, but yeah I'd, at, at first I thought it was uh, Weeter and so I was looking at Weeter going, and he was like, no, it was the other lump. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they, you know, uh, tough, uncompromising defenders. And it's, you know, to be honest with you, you accept it. You know, I probably wouldn't have if I'd have been stretched off with broken ribs, but, you know, I'd had, uh, you know, I'd had a lot worse playing. I mean, the first time I broke my nose in seven places, first time round for uh, Mansfield, so... Uh, what happened in that instant, man? Talk us, talk us through that. I always um, sense when, yeah, you, was, when you're remembering these in your head, I can mm. see this sort of glimmer of light in your eyes if you say, there's a story here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was down at uh, Barnet. Um, and uh, so, crosses flashed into the box. You know, you can see it there begging. It's obviously, it's at kicking height. But it, the, the, the only thing I could do was a diving header. Um, so I've gone to dive. And then the next thing, I just, it felt like my face had caved in. So someone's kicked me full whack in the face. Um, so I was, you know, sparked out for uh, however minutes. Came round, I can remember coming around and it just felt like my whole face had caved in. And I went to feel my face. And that, it was just the tip. Ooh. I could just feel the tip, and I was just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, and I can remember coming to the side of the pitch, it was like blood streaming, and uh, all the Mansfield fans were there. Uh, and I can remember a guy like smoking on the front, and he like went, John Shag Mickey, and I was like, <laughs> um, uh, but I found out half time that it was uh, Daryl Clark who Funny kicked me that. in the face. <laughs> so he'd gone, he'd gone in for, I'd like seen it in, uh, after the game and he's gone for, a, you know, gone to mm. kick it yeah. and just caught me right. uh, full in the face. But, um, so I'd, 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 I came back on the pitch and it was obviously back then, you, you know, I mean, we were playing in white and yeah. I was just, oh. I was saturated Soaked. in blood. Yeah. 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 They're like giving me, um, uh, Baz had given me a hanky, uh, and I can remember the referee coming over and going, you can't run around with a hanky. So I can remember I got this hanky stuffed. Uh, yeah, stuff. It was like, I think it was five minutes left. Like my nose was just all over the place. It was like floating oh and that. And it's like, you know, you know it's bad when the opposition defenders are looking, feeling sorry for you. Yeah. They're looking sympathetic. Um, and so like finished the last five minutes of that half, came in half time. Billy went, are you okay? I was, I was like, you know, totally out of it. And I was like, yeah. Was like, so I was like giving painkillers, sat down. 
And the doc, I can remember the doctor coming in and saying, I want to see him. Uh, so I've gone into the doctor's room. He like got some tweezers, looked at my nose like that and just went, get an ambulance now. Mm. Uh, so I got a blood clot. Yeah, yeah, so I got a blood clot. And so I was rushed in uh, to the Royal Free and full strip on, boots on, pads. I'd got people... You're going to get another Ian Bowling yeah. story, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd got people absolutely hammering me. You know, because I think they're like people are like shouting the score and uh, oh, because being yeah. away from home as well, it's yeah, not yeah. on your local um, patch, yeah. And so, uh, come out the hospital, like phoned one of the lads, like so they like basically got rid of the blood clot and everything. They're like, you know, right, you know, so it's like, right, um, how do I get back to get the bus? <laughs> Called up halfway up the M1. They left you there? Yeah, they left me <laughs> in London. Yeah. And so I've ended up, ended up like phoning my dad and I was like, I've been left. He was like, where are you? I was like, well, I'm in my full strip, sat in a hospital, like soaked in blood. Um, and so my dad come pick me up and we, we drove back. I can remember going into a, um, a service station. <laughs> And I'd, I'd, I'd ended up put, I'd put some like tracksuit bottoms on. I was going to so say, did your dad yeah, bring so you something? Yeah, so I put some tracksuit bottoms on, um, and I was either I think I was either just in my socks or I'd like got some trainers or something. And so I'd walked in, obviously got a f- football shirt on. Yeah. So, and people were like like looking at me and like walking around me. Probably thought you were yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So my dad's like, yeah. So my dad's like, he said, you look like you've just been in like a, a fight. <laughs> Did you yeah. ever get back to the club and uh, have words with, with the management for leaving you and Barney? Right. It does feel like you've been abandoned in the capital well, somewhere. When I, when I got back to, um, I was coming back towards Chesterford and obviously Billy lived there. I like phoned him, I was like, Gaffer, like, you left me and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he ended up, he ended up coming to the bottom of the um, bypass at Chesterfield, mm. pulled in and he just like, it's not You're all right, mate, you're all right. He's like, it's not that bad. I mean, he was, he was like that, Billy. He was obviously old school. So it was like, I can remember, uh, I can remember breaking my hand. Um, I think it was against Torquay. Um, broke my hand and I'd, I'd, I'd scored like three or four goals in three or four games. Um, and so, you know, Billy was like, you, you're not coming up. You're not coming off. You like carry on. And like my knuckles were down here. Uh, I can remember at first I thought I'd dislocated them. And, and I was like trying to pull them out. But they they just they'd obviously just snapped, oh. um, and that was another one as well. I can remember going to the hospital after in Mansfield, Friday night game, hmm. come in in my suit, like broken hand. You went, been in a fight, have you? <laughs> I was like, no, I've been playing football. Mm. Not on a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, of course like, you have, yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah, you've been in a fight. I was like, no, I, I honestly have done it in a football match. Mm. They're like, wouldn't have it. No. They wouldn't have it, and so I've turned up. Uh, turned up Monday uh, Monday morning, pot on, full pot on. I just remember Billy like looking at it again. Into the physio room, he was like, Baz, get that cut off. And he was like, you're not, because uh, he was, you know, it was six weeks. And so I ended up, ended up, uh, they made me like a plastic pot that I could put on for training, yeah. but I couldn't play in it. Yeah. So I just had to bandage my hand up. Uh, so and then they just like you more safe yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah so but but you obviously you know as soon as the center half sees your hand bandaged up 
you're on for a hard yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, they're like first thing in the end do. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's interesting to hear about all the injuries because Ian Bowling was the reason we say about the we're going to have another Ian Bowling. Ian Bowling told us this fantastic story about when he was uh, went into surgery, had to have a skin graft, and the doctor was basically saying he was going to take it off his penis. And then he woke up and the surgeon had dabbed blood all around his groin to make it look like he'd... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, get yourself on our Facebook page and have, yeah. a, have a look at the, the Ian Bowling episode because that story is a fantastic Brilliant. story. If anyone's not watched it, yeah. you're missing out on an absolute classic. Yeah. So uh, catch up on yeah. that one. But I was going to say, one thing we never really, A, appreciate and B, really talk about as supporters is the medical staff because mm. listening to obviously Barry Statham was at the club yeah. for, for years and years as physio. It'd be great to actually get brilliant. him on an episode. Yeah. Uh, I know he still sort of resides in Mansfield mm. as well, but how important is the medical staff there? Because you mentioned about the doctor pulling you in after the game, yeah. spotting the blood clot, yeah. because if he, that had not happened, well, well, he, he actually scary. said, yeah. It is he, really yeah. scary. What he said to the doctor was he said, I've seen this exact injury before and the player collapsed. Mm. And he said, he said it was exactly the same. He said yeah, so, yeah. you know, so he was obviously on, he was really on the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, hadn't, you know, you're in the hands of mm. the, uh, the me- medical staff. Uh, but to be honest with you, it's not something, you know, it's not something that really crosses your mind. Uh, mm. You know, you probably wouldn't. You see sometimes, yeah. you get some seasons when you have all these injuries and you think, oh, is that down to the training regime or is it mm. down to the... Fitness, or is it down to the physio? You, yeah. you get all these as well. Yeah, we yeah. don't see what's actually going on. Yeah, yeah. For us, it's like you know, yeah. here we go again, type yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the problem is as well with football is you've got individual athletes who are all built completely differently. You know, their 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 full makeups totally different, and it's like every player needs something <coughs> that's creeping into the game now as well, you know, especially at the higher level where, you know, and it's like I always, um, especially being a forward, all you want to do is shoot in practice. Like that, that second season at, um, at my last season at Mansfield when I was scoring goals, I was, I was practicing finishing for an hour on my own yeah. every day, every day. Mm. And it's like, that's all you want to be doing. You don't want to be doing possession you know you want to be you want to be uh, scoring goals yeah. or just constantly so it's the only thing in your mind you know as a center half you want to be <coughs> defending you know it's like you, obviously goalkeepers go and do their goalkeeping practice mm. but it's like individual people and i think now the medical staff they monitor players you know they're obviously training with heart monitors they're monitoring them uh, physiologically and i think that they they notice when players are under training or over training and what different, you know, because you'll get one player who gets tight hamstrings, you'll get another who can do the uh, splits and they've no problem with it, you know, so everyone's built differently. So it's like, you know, it's really um, individuals. Like I couldn't, like, especially towards the end of my career, I couldn't train on uh, artificial. Mm. It was just like, you know, it just it was no good for me at all. And so it's like when they, train on artificial, I'd say, let me go and do something else. You know when they put you through these yeah. army type uh, training, when it's real proper fitness things, does that really benefit you as a player, as, or does it sometimes have the opposite effect? You know, if you're going to... Yeah, to I, I, I think, I think uh, team building, it's brilliant, mm. but like I, I, you know, I know that 
actual performance is more is the most important. It's like having a really good team spirit is fantastic and it's great mm. and it's important. But actually having you know if the ball drops to you, boom, it's in the back of the net. That's more important than uh, getting on with your, yeah. uh, your 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 mates and that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's like for me, it's like I think that um, you want to be. Uh, specialising in what you're doing I mean, you know you and it's like going training with the army and that's like you know you certainly strike me as the type of player you mentioned it before about you always looked after your diet other than the double chocolate chip yes. things <laughs> and the, McDon- <laughs> the McDonald's yeah, stuff yeah, you always yeah. sort of you strike me as a person who sort of likes like to look after yourself when you're playing would you like to be still playing now and take advantage of that development in sports science and that side of the game uh, definitely I think um, I read something um, Rio Ferdinand was talking then they're saying what would you do differently and he was saying lower body weights and yoga and that that's something definitely that I did later on in my career and it's like the the strength and conditioning work it's like you know there's no there's no point in footballers doing beach weights even though they go and do it but they're doing it to look good it doesn't help yeah. football mm. it's like you want to be really strong in your lower body uh, and your core and you obviously want to be really flexible. Um, and I think that that's some, like I got into yoga later on and that was something that, you know, really, really helped. Um, and I know like a lot of players, you know, Giggs, he really struggled with like hamstring injuries. He got into yoga and he ended up playing, you know, mm. at the highest level up to 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I think all these things, they'll creep through, you know, through the leagues and they'll just become part and parcel of, uh, of you know, professional football. Let's take you back to that uh, final season at Mansfield Town. Obviously, it ended badly for us in terms mm. of relegation on, on, on the pitch. Paul Holland, the then manager, released a book after he left about a year or so after, Talking Double Dutch, where he had the squad list for the next season. Had he been appointed manager mm. rather than Billy McEwen, your name and Rory's was on there. Was there talks to, to stay with the club? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I actually went. I went back for the first day of pre-season training under Billy. No, under, was, under Paul. Paul took yeah. the first day. Yeah, pre-season so training. yeah, so I, I went back, trained. Paul then got pulled in after training. Uh, told he was. Uh, Told he was fired. I'd talked to him in the car park after, and he was like, "This and that." And I was like, "You know, this, there's some, you know, something's wrong here." Then went to, I went to get my, um, I went to get my bag, um, and someone said, "So, the, sorry, in between this, um, what was his name, McEwen? Billy McEwen. Billy yeah. McEwen, yeah. yeah. So Billy McEwen's, I just, I'd like seen him before, like marching across the car park with his." Uh, briefcase thing going in and obviously Dutch has just been sacked so they'd obviously it'd obviously been arranged so at the same before. time this Haslam had agreed a deal to sell the club it was originally going to be a local businessman then it ended up being the three amigos who sort of that's what they were dubbed Andy Perry that sort of thing well, so a lot of it went yeah. off behind the scenes but well it, yeah I mean uh, lo- long story short I had a um had a brief conversation with Billy McEwen. Um, you know, he, like they said, he wants to talk to you. And I said, I'm going home. 
and said, no, he wants to talk to you now. I was like, you know, I, I've come in to train thinking that Dutch is here. And then, you know, and there's, I'm not going to name names, but there's a few of these characters who I've not got anything good to say about any of them. Um, and so I end up having a meeting with him and, you know, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work at all. It'd be interesting to find was, out what he was like as a manager because obviously when we speak to JD, he did stay. Yeah. And for, a, for I think he stayed to the end of that yeah, season. Yeah. But it it didn't feel right when he was appointed. This it seemed. I like think a I lot think of stuff I think I off. think I think the it was like going back in time, mm. you know, and um, you know Keith, Keith, you know the you know a lot of people had a lot of bad things to say about Keith, but those characters who came in were they, they weren't the type of people who should have been owning football, football yeah. clubs you know what I mean and one of them yeah I, well I don't really want to talk about but well you know they're pretty uh, you know bullshit um, throwing the weight around yeah they're, yeah they're just big egos mm. I think they're just um, you know it's that they're just rude, really rude. Do you know what I mean? And it's like I, you know, you treat everybody with uh, respect. And I think it was, you know, the thought that brought the club and it was like you're, uh, you know, one of their skivvies or something. Yeah. But it was like that, you know, you want you, you want people in charge who uh, who actually know what they're doing, yeah. for, and they want to be taken on the club for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not to. You know. Is it fair to say then, then that the conference side which we had in the first year, the majority of it was actually built by Dutch rather um, than Billy? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't really know. I don't really know Billy that well, um, but I, he, he, he just seemed very old school uh, to me, um, and you know, it, it was just it was just a way. Everything was done. It wasn't. It wasn't right. You know. It's you. You, you do have to treat people with respect. Mm-hmm. And once you lose that, you know the way they treated yeah. Dutch. You know, there's a way. There's a way to, to treat people. Mm-hmm. I think he wasn't. You know, he he walked in one door and, you know, it's like it was, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was confusing. It was really I think confusing. from our perspective, boys, I think there's a there's definitely a bit of sadness there towards Dutch because. Like Ivan Hollett, he'd been there a long, long time as youth team coach, as assistant manager, as his interim manager, as then manager. He was a bit of a club icon, I think it, it was mm. fair to say. And I think a lot of us probably at that point did actually want to... It's not often when you get relegated that you want a manager to stay mm. on, but I, I think a lot of us yeah. wanted him to see him... I think, I think even, even if Dutch had stayed on as coach, because he, he was a really good coach and mm. every, everybody it really liked him. He crucified more under them, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he was like, but, yeah, it's like I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to have worked under those guys. There was probably three or four players who probably turned up for that pre-season friendly and went the same way as yourself and decided yeah, well, to... I, it wasn't friendly, it was the first day of training. Training, sorry. Yeah, yeah. so it was, it was the first day. Mm. Um... You know, went to train. Um, Dutch was pulled to one side, so we've gone and trained, 
And then it was like, you know, people like, you know, a few rumours kicking off and then got back and Dutch is in the car park. So I talked to Dutch and he was just like, been, you know, just been let go. But in the, in the right mind, who actually changes the manager at that point? It's yeah, like yeah. Before, before when the season's finished, ready, so they can get things... Yeah, or, or you, bring, you bring somebody yeah, in exactly. and say, you know, we're going in a different direction, blah, 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 yeah. you know, and then, uh, you know, then days later, <laughs> you can bring someone else. But having people crossing paths just after you've been yeah. told, you know, crossing paths in the, in the car park, it was like... Yeah. And then him dragging players straight in who've just had a training session with a different manager with a different manager it's be them who takes uh, and you know and talking as though yeah. you know mm. um but it was just yeah it was um mind-boggling really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go back to the season before that obviously your last full season yeah. with the stags keith haslam's the chairman we've been relegated we've lost at home to rotherham you go in the next day the day after the incident, I think loads of people will know what we're on about anyway. Is it true he nearly gets you and Alex Baptiste arrested? What's this story? <laughs> well, um, it, it obviously isn't funny because, you know, everyone's, you know, really down and everything. Um, but, you know, after the game, everyone had heard this, that, uh, you know, someone had got into the director's box and attacked, uh, attacked Keith. And me, me and Bat, we, we was just stood in the corridor and we were just, you know, we were just chatting and everything. Um, and then just seeing two uh, police officers come around the corner. And then Keith's come around the corner and Keith's just gone, this is them. Like that. And me and Bat were like, what's going on here? And he, 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 you know, he started laughing and that, you know, he took it. I think he took it... Um, I was going to say took it on the chin, but he did take it. On the chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know he like Keith, Keith. Like you know, there's always a lot of animosity there from the supporters, and, and I never understood really, you know. And it was obviously the financial workings. Like you know, you, you I suppose you're a bit ignorant to uh, everything as a player, um, but on the you know on the surface and as a chairman to the team, he was always very reasonable. He never, he never um, stuck his nose into the dressing room, which, I, which I've seen, which is really not helpful, which... The ones after? I, yeah. I know were Doing that. Uh, banging on doors and, you know, everything. Well, they're actually doing it at the end of the season we went down. They were trying to drag people out of dressing rooms and stuff. Um, but that's something else, but the, you know. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's, it's certainly a, an, an yeah. interesting what, what, it, what it was, was it was, you know, you'd got, um, uh, f you know, for all, uh, you know, for, for whatever Keith had done, you'd got a group of people who were 10 times worse uh, taking over at that point. Obviously now the club is in stable hands. Mm and it's going back, you know, in the right direction. And I think, you know, all that episode is, is behind the, you know, behind the club now. How much of an eye have you sort of kept on the progress of Mansfield since your departure then? Because it's, it's obviously yeah. a club which, which means, a lot, means a lot to you. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you obviously, you know, I've got so many friends, so you, you're constantly talking uh, to people about, uh, you know, about what's happening. Um, the leagues are definitely getting harder to get out of, you know, because uh, you know uh, there's there's more there's a lot more depth uh, now. 
uh, and you know everyone's everyone's building new stadiums everyone's got ambitions you know so it's like the uh, um, you know it's, it's really really competitive so you were going to say before I quit you I was just about to say who, who's probably the best player you've worked with and who's the worst best player at Mansfield yeah, or yeah. at Mansfield yeah yeah um, best player I mean there's been some I mean forward uh, Chris Greenacre brilliant really brilliant player like on you know when when uh, you know when he was uh, on form you know he was he just got you know absolute hammer foot uh, but he was like he was a brilliant player brilliant to play with his whole his whole play he was um, he was a very unselfish player uh, you know so he he was working for the team he wasn't just interested in uh, scoring goals um, Liam, obviously, brilliant, brilliant footballer. You know, really brilliant. Um, Hammy, I mean, some of the things that Hammy did in training. You know, he was he he was f- like fantastic player. Um, but I'd probably I'd probably say like out and out player. Uh, I say I'd say Chris Greenacre. Yeah, I'd agree. Who would you say the worst one was? The the worst. Yeah. Oh my. There's God. been a, there's been a few. <laughs> you know, I was on the spot now. <laughs> how, how long have you got? No. <laughs> no. The worst. Um, it's it's hard to say really because um, you know you see you see some people and uh, you know they come in and they don't do well for a team. And then they, you know, they go off and. Uh, they were out somebody else, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I would, I would, I wouldn't want to. Got a few in mind, but no. Um, go on. Yeah, no. There's, I mean, uh, Danny Reed. Dan, Danny is a class, class player. Strong, wasn't it? Yeah, he, but he like uh, Reedy. He obviously had his weight problem. If he hadn't had that weight problem, he was a top, top player. A top player. He was like, he was always one of those people. I've actually seen him in recent years. I ended up, I ended up playing, uh, Christy Waddle has got a, a team. Mm. Um, and he, he, he's like a, a, a Saturday team. And he asked me to play the last four games. They were trying to get promoted. I ended up playing the last four games. Up and front up, or on the left wing? Where did you sit? Yeah. But ended up playing as Riti. Uh, yeah. So Riti was then. I mean, he, he yeah. He was he was he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Riti, really brilliant. But he had that um, he had that weight problem, and I think it was. That goes into your mind as well. No, it? I, no, I think it was. I think it was upstairs. Yeah. You know that he, what he needed was he needed some. Um, it, it's, it's weird to say this, but it's like sports people. Uh, that they're all uh, spoiled rotten, mm-hmm. and it's like when you when you get a professional sportsman, you know, mm-hmm. at some point they've had some serious TLC mm-hmm. from a parent, uncle, coach. Someone's taken them under their wing. Mm-hmm. And it was like with Rita, I always felt that he'd not had that. He's like his hero from Sheffield Wednesday. I can remember like talking to him was uh, Adam Proudlock, and it's just like, 
you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, taking him as a role model, yeah. it's just like, you know, disaster. Yeah. Um, but he was like, he's he he a brilliant player. And I could, like, when I'd first seen him, I was thinking, this kid can sort his yeah. fitness out. He, he, he could have played at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's funny, it's funny as a, you know, uh, watching him, because you think he's overweight, you know, he's, he can't be any good. And it's like, he was, he was a brilliant player. It's interesting yeah. to talk about sort of you thinking about how players can get better and things, but obviously post-football, you didn't go down the other route which footballers did in terms of coaching or management or broadcasting or anything like that. You went no. totally separate way. What was the, the thinking behind that? Um, I th- I'd like, I'd, I'd, I, I love playing. I love playing football and I'd never... I was never really that interested all the way through. Like I never did any coaching badges or anything. I was never interested in um, staying in in football as a coach. And I think it was the fact that I didn't want to end up institutionalised. And it was like when you see people in there, you know, they they spend their whole uh, life in football and they're just like, you know, they can't talk about anything else but football. Uh, And I, I, I wanted to do... You, you know, I wanted to do other things in my life. Like I love, I, I love football, um, but I can, I can let go of it and step away. Um, uh, but that but, probably yeah. makes you appreciate it more, and you still love for the game. Where yeah. if you're stuck with it through yeah. all that, yeah. you know, management and all that, yeah. it never goes away. And no. it's like, yeah, I, 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 I like, gen- I genuinely love the game. Like I play tennis, yeah. but I don't love tennis. I, I love football. Yeah. Like I always love football. Like you know, played football from a young age. Mm. You know, had uncles who played. My granddad uh, uh, was professional as well. And it was like, you know, it was it was my first love in life. Who was your biggest influential person then? On f- f- for me playing, yeah. uh, my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My dad was. It was, and from a young age, like I had someone. One of my cousins gave me a, a, a video. And I've got a nappy on, uh, and it was at my, my granddad's from Rotherham. He played for Rotherham United, played for York, uh, and like I didn't even know this video existed. And so all the cousins sat there, things, and you could just see me in the background. I keep running past the screen in the background with nappy on, playing football, and he's like running with me. But I cannot, I can't ever remember him playing with me. But my, uh, my, my dad, I'm, I'm my granddad, my dad's dad. Um, he, he, he actually. Uh, my granddad, he he actually never got to see me play, and that was one of that's one of my biggest yeah. regrets because all the way. Th- sorry, he never got to see me play professionally. Yeah. Like all the way through um, uh, junior football, mm. he it was him who came. It was my granddad who came to all the matches. Yeah. Like my dad, he he didn't really go to games, mm. but he he'd train with me a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he uh, like my basic game, he taught me that he was like f- finishing he was like every shot with your left you then got to shoot with your right yeah. you know and it, it like even though I'm left footed like I scored as many goals with either foot and when I was you used to take penalties with your right so left yeah. left yeah so you take a couple with your you used to favor your right foot sometimes as well you, you were not not off a dead ball I'd always go with my left off dead left. ball but I scored yeah. a lot of goals with my right so and I, I remember didn't you scoring a lot with yeah. the right yeah, yeah but I didn't it, like, it yeah. never it never crossed my mind like I could be going one on one with the keeper yeah 
and I could just put it onto my right. So a lot of like players I didn't, would like think, well, left foot's my favourite foot, so I'm always going to go to my yeah, right. You yeah, just well, shoot when yeah, it's yeah. natural. You get loads of players who are just so one-footed, mm. and they get pushed one way. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're coming up to a defender, and it's like, I can remember uh, playing against Rotherham, and uh, Coughlin was defending, and I can remember him saying, uh, uh, push him onto his left, yeah. because I'd had a shot on my right. Yeah. And I was like, what? And it's like, boom, onto your left. and then, Bang, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like that was that you know the the work that he did with me, um, and also as well as I always used to want to go and watch football uh, when I was little, mm. and he'd go, "You're a player, not a watcher," mm. and so we'd be we'd be on uh, the bowl hills up here, and you could hear um, the roar, the, the Hillsborough, you could hear Hillsborough like the matches, and I'd be like, "Can't we go to a game?" Like the first game I ever went to was at Hillsborough. And he was a mate down the road. His dad took me, um, but they never they never played football together. But they uh, went to the game and that, and that was the first game I went to. Liverpool game. Yeah. Being a United fan, I can always assure you that Mansfield Town have never ever lost to Sheffield Wednesday yeah. in a league match. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, it's been a really insightful uh, interview. Yeah, Nathan, no, thank you brilliant. very much for having us in your yeah. house, Nathan and, and Simon. There's been some fantastic stories, hasn't there? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, another fantastic insight. And uh, again, it's looking at a game from a different angle. Mm. And as from supporters, we don't always uh, we don't always do that, do we? We sort of see what happens on the pitch, and uh, you don't forget about you, you don't think about players being individuals at the same time. So it's uh, you know it's always great to sort of uh, look at it from a different point of view. That's been fantastic. Yeah. We've had some insights into other players as well. Gary Tallon, <laughs> we need to get him on an episode. <laughs> yeah. don't we? Yes, yes, we, we definitely be, uh, do. We'll yeah. be in a bar in Ireland. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan wants to travel to, uh, to yeah. overseas to see Chrissy Greenick. There are, there are, there's quite a few players together at the minute, isn't there, in a tournament? So. Uh, yes, so the Hong Kong Sevens run at the moment. Uh, Chrissy's managing Wellington, under-23s. Uh, Pilks is out <laughs> there at the moment. Uh, but yeah, there's loads, loads of players. I think Forrest have got a team out there. Yeah, I think John Thompson, I've seen yeah. an inter- in Instagram post from him, ex yeah. defender yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so maybe we need yeah. to get on the plane and let's, get over there. Let's, let's yeah. drop pre-season in yeah. Portugal, we'll yeah. go to Hong Kong instead. Yeah, that would be, uh, be a good one. I'll come with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> on a road trip with Mickey Ball in one In his helicopter. Yeah, you can play There you go. What a road trip that would be. Well, if you've enjoyed listening to Mickey's stories and listening to everything that he's had to say, make sure that you do donate to a fantastic cause in the Alzheimer's Society. All the links that you need are in the description, so make sure that you check that out. Thanks very much to Mick for bringing us down here. Thanks very much to Simon and Nathan as well. And of course, thank you very much to Mickey Body for letting us into his house and run wild for a couple of hours. It's been fantastic. And as always, let's leave the final word, the final message to the Mansfield Town fans uh, to today's guests on a trip down memory lane with Mickey Bolden. Do you want me to say something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just uh, thank you so much for um, giving me a football career for a start. Um, you know, I've had so many amazing memories, um, and I would love to come back and watch a promotion game next season.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.